So we start with a dermal skin biopsy, harvest fibroblasts from that biopsy, and either a superficial vein or a blood biopsy from which we uh, take circulating endothelial cells. Uh, we're able to build our blood vessel using the fibroblasts, which perform uh, or provide the mechanical backbone, and the endothelial cells, which uh, provide the antithrombogenetic function of the vessel. And how do you go about taking these two different uh, cell types and forming them into a blood vessel? Yeah, the process is called sheet-based tissue engineering, and the fundamental aspect and really the novelty is providing the mechanical backbone. Uh, backbone. Historically, that's been the uh, shortcoming to tissue-engineered approaches. So we seed the fibroblasts into standard cell culture dishes, and we grow sheets of the cells. So the cells are embedded in their own uh, matrix protein. So it's obviously predominantly a collagen matrix. Uh, provides a very, very robust sheet that we can then shape or sculpt into more complex three-dimensional organs. So in the case of the blood vessel, we literally just roll it around a temporary support mandrel, go through another maturation phase where the individual plies fuse together, um, and then, now that we have this strong tubular conduit, seeding the endothelial cells is quite routine, and that's something that you know, hundreds of labs around the world are able to do. Now, the long-term aim of this might be to address cardiovascular conditions, but the research you've been reporting here is in a rather different arena with, with two patients. Just, just tell me what you've done with those two patients. What we've done in our first two patients is to create a, an AV fistula for hemodialysis access. We have time points out to six months now, and uh, there's really two phases to the study. For the first three months, we were looking at what we considered to be the safety issues, which was addressing the previous shortcomings of uh, other biological uh, blood vessels or tissue-engineered blood vessels, which is a mechanical issue. So we wanted to show that the diameter was stable, that we didn't have any aneurysm formation or other dilatation. As we moved past the three-month time point, the vessels were then used actively for hemodialysis, and we shift into more of an efficacy uh, we follow the vessels, obviously, throughout the time period by Doppler ultrasound, angiography, MRI, and uh, a, a variety of physical examinations as well. And what have you found in those examinations? So far, so good. The vessel is performing perfectly. It sounds an expensive and complicated approach to making one of these blood vessels. How long does it take, and, and roughly what are the sums of money involved? Uh, the, the process takes uh, between six and nine months right now, and I'll, I'll add that we've clearly focused our efforts right now on the scientific issues, not on the commercialization issues. Uh, as a ballpark, I can say we're able to build the, the vessels for each patient for less than $10,000, which you're right, that is an awful lot of money. But when you consider the cost of maintaining these grafts clinically, it's an enormous economic impact. If one day this technology is going to be used in cardiovascular surgery, perhaps in bypass surgery or something like this, you're going to need to demonstrate that these vessels will remain intact and active for long periods of time, won't you? Yes, and in fact, that's one of the reasons why the coronary applications will be the uh, last application that we go for. We want to use some of the earlier clinical data from these peripheral locations to give us some uh, uh, confidence that the vessels don't just have 6- or 12-month efficacy, but in fact, four, six, eight-year efficacy. One of the sceptical questions which might be raised is that you're not actually starting off with blood vessel, you're starting off with external skin. So people would need to be reassured that what is being developed is actually a living blood vessel. Yeah, absolutely. And there's a, a wealth of evidence to show that in vivo, the remodeling events that happen with the right chemical and mechanical signals will, in fact, direct this into appropriate remodeling. And at least early in our studies, we're seeing some evidence of positive remodeling events.